Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. So I am so excited to be back again with another episode. I know that our first episode of the season really kicked off with a story, but what's fun about this one is that we're going to go into our normal format. And our format is so fun because it actually is really dynamic and it includes you. So in the Nicole Walters podcast, you now get to hear you. We're always going to kick off with some Q&A, and that means that you have the opportunity, if you head over to Instagram, at Nicole Walters, to leave me a question about business, about life, about family, about money, about anything. And if I've got an answer or I know someone who does, you better believe that I'm going to bring that answer to you right here. And after we finish our Q&A, we'll dive right into what I love and call Don't Make Yourself Content. I tell you, week after week, there are different things that are happening in this world, and I just want to offer a fresh take on it. And that take really has to do with things based on my experience. One, as a child of an immigrant, as a Black woman, as a uh, Christian, as somebody who's trying their darndest to show up in this world the best way, and as someone who's flawed and imperfect and just like you. Uh, There's so much out there where I think people are getting caught up in language and thoughts and processes and values that are not grace-filled. So I just want to make sure that we have an opportunity to look at things a different way and don't make yourself content is all about that. And of course, there's always a lesson in it because we all have something to learn. After Don't Make Yourself Content, we will dive into a story time. And you know our story times are legendary here. They are so funny and uh, so powerful and so impactful. And it really is my opportunity to put a little bit of color behind the social media where it may be a little black and white. Or we'll begin chatting with an awesome interview. And our interviews here are not like what you're used to. I know that podcasts are just filled with the next fancy person coming on or somebody selling or slinging their stuff. And uh, I've never really been big on interviews. I really value our time here to be able to chat as friends and use our time that way and connect. But if there's someone that I need you to meet, if there's something that I need you to know or an expert who honestly knows it better than I do, I want to bring them to you right away and I want to do it here in our safe space. Now, this week, we are going to be hitting on some tough topics. This week's a big one because this is something that I think has become pretty popularized in social media. Everyone is talking about mental health. 
And I want to talk about, one, my journey with mental health and how therapy has changed and saved my life. But I also want to talk to you in a very, very real way about some misconceptions that a lot of us have around how therapy shows up, what matters about therapy, how to pick a good therapist, how to trust your therapist, and above all else, who is not your therapist. So today we're going to have some pretty good talk about that. And of course, I want to hear back from you. Obviously, you know, we like to keep the conversation grace-filled and very respectful on social media, but I do love hearing from you. So obviously, you can always come back to Instagram at Nicole Walters, and then we can chat more about it there. But before we do that, let's kick off like we always do with slide into my DMs. So this week's question, the first one that we have comes in from Rebecca. So, Rebecca, what do you got? Hi, Nicole. Okay, so my question has to do with balancing personal and professional goals. I have always had this dream of getting a remote job and traveling with this program that I have connections with for a year, and that's been a goal of mine, but I just quit my startup job that I've been with for the last year and a half to pursue freelance video marketing work, and obviously it is tough to launch something like that and start with a new client base as I just moved recently. Um, So finding clients to make videos for is obviously really difficult. And so I'm just kind of having second thoughts on if I should start to look for a typical nine to five so I can have consistent income so I could do the travel program. Oh my gosh, Rebecca, great question. And I think that this question is something a lot of us can relate to if we've ever been a freelancer or we're considering entrepreneurship or we're just trying to sort of balance out the idea of when is the time that income matters more than, uh, you know, pursuing our dreams. So there's a couple of pieces to that. You know, as someone who has been able to build a multi-million dollar business uh, through Inherit Learning Company, my e-commerce company, as well as also having worked for Fortune 500 corporations for years, I got to tell you that rule number one for anyone listening, not just you, Rebecca, is that if you're going to take the big leap, make sure that you have a plan to catch yourself. You want to make sure that you're not just quitting your job randomly, right? But you want to make sure that you're going to be hired by the best boss you've ever had, you. So that means starting to get those clients on board, starting to save. There's a structure that's used in corporate America that involves the concept of having keystone clients. And keystone clients look like this. You want to have one or two clients that you know are fairly large, fairly stable, and fairly consistent. Maybe these clients will provide a monthly retainer or regular business or provide enough income that you know that will take care of, you know, all of your virtual employees or all of your supplies, something to that effect. And then you want to start going for any lower tier clients, meaning these clients are the ones that basically keep the lights on. They're the ones that may come and go or be more project basis, but, you know, they may be a little bit more work to keep on the books, but you can get a regular flow of them in. Now, a lot of companies make the mistake, this is very, very common in the startup era, thinking, I just need a couple of keystone clients and we're going to be good. We just need to land one big deal and we're going to be good. And theoretically, that's not the case. What a lot of people don't know is that in corporate America, oftentimes when they are running their numbers, they pull keystone clients off of the books. And the reason why they pull the keystone clients is if you only have one big client like a Microsoft or a Coca-Cola, you don't want to leave them on the books because if they decide to switch or change their minds or something goes wrong with the business, 
you better believe that you want to make sure you've got enough tiny clients on the books to keep the lights on. So that's the structure of what you want to start to build if you're getting ready to make the big leap, quit your job, and hire yourself. So that's the place to start. And Rebecca, it's not too late. Understand that that's where you're going to want to go. Now, in terms of is it time to get a nine to five to make sure you're paying the bills, I always like to tell everyone there is no shame in working a nine to five job. I can't emphasize enough this glorification of entrepreneurship as being this thing where you have to go all in and hustle and grind and and sweat and believe and suffer until your dream comes to fruition. No, 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 no. Listen, some of us need healthcare. (laughs) Some of us need benefits. Some of us need to know that we're going to get that check every Friday, or if you got direct deposit, Thursday at (laughs) 7, reliably. And there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, if you have to work hard to be the primary investor and fund your own future, there is pride in that. So yeah, get the job, wait some tables, take a couple hours at Target, be a seasonal worker. There's nothing wrong with doing that type of work until you're able to see your dream and your purpose come to light. There's pride in that purpose. So I want to let you know, Rebecca, that while you may be saying to yourself, do I go here? Do I go there? What is the right call? It sounds like you've already got it figured out. And I just want to encourage you and maybe give you a little bit of permission to see it through. Thanks for reaching out. And our next question that comes in is a good one. And this comes in from Susan. Susan slid into my DMs and she asked me, Nicole, I've been in a relationship now for 23 years. Things have been up and down. We've had our highs and our lows. And right now we're both considering divorce. I want to know, if divorce is already on my mind, does it make sense for me to consider couples therapy, or do I just move forward and get it done? First and foremost, I just want to say, Susan, not easy. I recognize that this is a tough place to be in, and I'm not happy about the transitions that you're going through. It's always difficult because marriage is one of the most amazing and incredible things to grow you. But it also is really important that as we grow and change in our lives and as we learn more about who we are and point ourselves more towards who we want to be, that we have the right partner next to us to support those goals or that we take a season of stillness and a season of, you know, singleness to help us develop to reach those goals ourselves. So either way, I just want to applaud you for asking the right questions, for recognizing that, you know, changes may need to be made, whether it's in the marriage or without it. And just let you know that no matter what, whether you decide to get divorced or remain in your marriage, uh, you made a brave and bold decision and uh, you are still worthy and deserving. Now, all that being said, when it comes to couple therapy, I'll speak from my own experience. You know, couples therapy is something that I think is very valuable. Um, our family, we spend a mortgage a month on therapy, and um, and it's something that matters a lot to us. And it's because therapy is, one, not just a situation where you are trying to fix problems. It's a place where you're going in order to make sure you can prevent 
problems. You want to work on skills to make sure that when within your marriage, you're treating each other the best and that you're not bringing in traumas and letting those decide how you're treating each other. And that should be the goal of couples therapy is to improve and tighten the relationship and learn how to communicate and relate to each other better and also gain more understanding around what your partner may need and how you can show up or if those needs are not something that you are ready, willing, or prepared to offer. And I hear that you're saying that, you know, divorce is already on the table. Personally, I will let you know that for me, before I walk away from anything, whether it's a marriage or a business or anything at all, a career, I really like to know for my own integrity that I gave it my all. I want to know that I did everything I could to use every resource to make sure that I can say, yeah, this is it because I am at loss of anything else to do. Um, And it also helps to have a professional be able to co-sign that, to be able to say, look, there's an impasse here. We cannot go forward. There is an incompatibility of goals or desires or existence, you know. So I I got married really young. I got married at 23. And, you know, now I am a little bit older than that. And (laughs) so, you know, after being married, uh, being with my partner for 14 years and being married for 12 years, I'm absolutely not the same person, you know. And the question always becomes, especially when you go into couple therapy, are you guys growing together? Are you developing together? And can that partner support you in the next chapter of your life? And so I encourage you, you know, if you are even considering therapy as a couple or even as an individual while you're trying to navigate this time, go for it. Go for it. Because it won't hurt you to learn more about either decision that you make to continue your marriage or to end it. Either way, again, like I said earlier, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for stepping up and saying that you need change, and I'm proud of you for seeking out solutions to get it. You're doing the right thing, Susan. Keep it up. You guys always ask the best questions, but now we're going to talk about something I have seen on social media. And I got to tell you, in Don't Make Yourself Content, the reason why I call it that is because people are out there making themselves something they can be talked about. And it's like, gosh, I just... I want us to be able to use content to grow. I want us to be able to use content to be able to have a learning opportunity. So this week's Don't Make Yourself content has to do with influencers as a whole. Now, I am not saying this like I'm not an influencer. I will be the first one to say I fall under this category as well. I have been blessed by God to have a platform that people tune into. And I know that when I say buy this popcorn, y'all gonna buy this popcorn. But you also know that I am coming correct with the right info because one thing I don't do is I don't take a lot of deals and I don't push a lot of ads and I don't promote a ton of stuff. If I get behind it, it's because I really genuinely love it. And that's something I've taken a lot of pride in, you know? And honestly, I usually take you guys on the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Or you guys will slide into my DMs and be like, Nicole, where's the link? Why won't you tell us where this thing is? So our relationship may be a little bit different than a traditional influencer relationship because we're kind of friends and I'm just like, girl, try this. But I want to talk a little bit more about influencers treading a line, a very dangerous line between giving professional advice, sometimes even a little bit medical and legal, and recognizing their place as just sort of an influencer, which really lies in the space of inspiration or motivation. Now, I don't want to get a bunch of icky messages. I want to let you know that these are my opinions and these are my takes, but they're based and rooted in a lot of what I see. And what I see is not just online, 
but it's also behind the scenes. A lot of your favorite influencers are my top clients. They are out there telling you to sign up for their business programs and pay for their courses, and they're knocking down my door because they don't have a penny in the bank. I got to let you know that everything you see that glitters is not gold, and I always want you to use what I call your executive discernment, which is the ability to see something and say, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, and maybe this isn't something I need to buy into. Always research, even when I tell you something. Look into it for yourself and make a call. Do not believe blindly. You deserve better than that. Now, when I talk about influencers treading this line, you know what I'm talking about. It's the influencer who's saying, hey, don't listen to doctors at all. Instead, treat yourself with a poultice of mayonnaise and herbs, you know, in order to fix your cancer, you know, or don't listen to your doctor about your weight loss plan. Instead, forget that. Just see how you feel every single day and then drink two glasses of water and do 11 jumping jacks. Now, I got to let you know, I think there is so much value. Hear me clearly when I say this. There is so much value in each of us sharing our experiences, what has worked for us, and giving steps and details to help make the path easier for the person next to us. I am not, I am not negating the value of our experiences. I am a believer in experiences. As a matter of fact, you'll always hear me say, you know, doctors get training in medical school from books, but they are not doctors until they have gone hands-on and gotten years of experience through residency. And the reason why is you don't want a doctor that's just gone through books. You want a doctor that's cut some people open a couple times, right? So I don't negate experience as being valuable, necessary, and required to give great advice. However, There are a couple categories where we probably shouldn't be absorbing content from just anyone. And those categories are, you can write these down, financial, legal, medical, and mental health. Financial, legal, medical, and mental health. Now, it doesn't mean that influencers aren't able to contribute their personal stories to these areas, but make no mistake, Your favorite influencer with a million followers who's telling you how you need to lose weight and work out every day is not the same level of qualification and credibility as someone who has dedicated their life, their money, their time, and has the legal licensure and the ability to be sued, which absolutely affects what they say (laughs) and how they do it, as a professional. And so I say this to you in Don't Make Yourself Content, to just encourage you as my friends, as people that I care about. The same thing I would say to my kids, the same thing I would say to my sister, and the same thing I say to you guys as my internet besties. I want you to know, as you're following your favorites out here and they're telling you things that sometimes feel a little off, when they are in the same breath telling you that they want you to do this holistic thing or this alternative thing or this natural thing, and they're also trying to sell you an ebook a a shampoo or a, a shake or a tea or a waist trainer, that you're just kind of understanding the context within which you're receiving that information. And understand that great marketing does not mastery make. And so whenever you're out there, I just want you to use that discernment. Now, speaking to my friends who are influencers, because I know you guys listen as well, I don't want you to feel icky about the fact that your business is the business of influence. 
I don't want you to feel icky about the fact that you want to share your stories, share your lessons, and help deliver others from the suffering that you yourself have been delivered from. I think that's incredible. I think it's wonderful. I think it's admirable. And I think it's worthy work. All that I implore of you is that you do it with healthy disclaimers. Do it with integrity. Do it with honesty. Make sure that you are in a position where you are comfortable saying no frequently so that you aren't driven by the dollar to compromise yourself and your listener's heart and health. You want to make sure that you're able to say, look, this is something that worked for me, but I also advise that you seek out a professional and recognize that that does not make you look any less of an expert. If anything, the words, I don't know, makes me trust you more. Because there's something to be said for the person who says, I don't know, but I'll help you find out. Or I don't know, but I'll point you in the right direction. And knowing that you do that makes me trust you more. And it makes me come back to you more often because I know that you know that balance. So you guys have seen me talk about my health journey uh, on Instagram. And I shared some of the details of it, but I definitely haven't dove into every single nuance of every single thing I've tried and every single thing I've done and every single step-by-step and play-by-play of how I've lost over 100 pounds over the past six years. But the reason why I haven't done that is one, boundaries and privacy. My body is my business. But two, because it's not safe for me to give you a play-by-play knowing that I have influence. God has given me a platform, and it is my job to be a good steward of that platform so that he's able to continue to grow it and make sure that I handle it well. And especially having a podcast, I think a lot of us are recognizing what's possible in the world of platforms podcasting and uh, live streaming and Instagram and social media and TikTok and all these different platforms, if you're blessed to have a microphone, you better recognize that blessing and be careful how you use it. And for me, you know, part of that means sharing stories with you and pointing out things and walking you through things and giving you business info and talking about family. But a large part of it is knowing when to keep my mouth shut knowing when that even if I'm asked to give more, to say, no, this isn't appropriate. And I need you to go see your doctor for data. See your doctor for data around your health first, because the data and the numbers should drive your decisions and then build out a team of medical professionals to help you get to your goals. So I know sometimes that can be weird. Like, why isn't Nicole sharing all her details? Because we're so used to this culture where influencers seem to have answers and they're they're in the business of spilling time and time again. And I just want to let you know that if you ever catch me saying, hey, I think you should go see a doctor for that, or hey, you know, this is what I did, and these are kind of the steps that I followed, but honestly, in your state, you need to talk to a lawyer because the laws could vary. Or honestly, I'm not going to speak to that because that really is an accountant or a bookkeeper specialty, and I think you should go there. That's the reason why. It's because I love you more than to let you trust your life to the internet. You deserve and you are worthy of strong, solid answers that will actually create real change in your life. And you'll find those from professionals around you, not from influencers around you. So for my influencer friends out there, don't make yourself content. Don't get yourself caught up in tiptoeing into waters that you shouldn't tiptoe into. Just make sure that while you're sharing your story, you're also sharing the fact that it's your story, not necessarily everyone else's plan. And for my friends and my internet besties that are listening in, use your God-given tool of discernment. If it sounds a little funny, just do a little research or ask the right questions, or you know what? Come up with your own plan. Either way, that's probably a lot better than choosing what someone else did for them. All right? Awesome. 
Now, this all rolls in perfectly into what we've been talking about, and I really dove into it in episode one when I was talking about uh, some of the recent health challenges that I've had, where, you know, I suffered from a case of Bell's palsy with stroke-like symptoms, high blood pressure, and how I dealt with facial paralysis, and I've been in physical therapy for months and months, you know, to get my smile back in so many words, because I was just really struggling with that. In addition to, you know, stress and all those jazz, just really spending the past year and a half recalibrating my life and making adjustments and really trying to sort of build out my next 10 years to look the way that I think is going to best support, first and foremost, my health and my life, but also how I show up for my daughters and show up for my business and show up for my family and honestly, more than anything, show up for myself. But I wanted to talk today about one of the members of my team that has been honestly the most consistent, most stable, and most necessary member of my team. And I wanted to talk about this honestly and openly, and maybe with a little bit of vulnerability. I don't know if you can tell, uh, if you're watching the video of this, you're, you know, you can see my face. I'm like, I'm nervous pants. But if you're listening to this, it's not easy to talk about the challenges that you may face with mental health. And, um, oh, this is harder than I thought it would be, guys. Um, but I'm excited to have this conversation with you because it's important. It's scary because when you talk about these things, there's the fear that our relationship will change. That when I show you my humanness, that maybe it'll be off-putting. And I've always tried to be fairly candid and transparent on social media and through emails, or honestly, if someone meets me in person, just kind of saying, hey, this is what it is. But When I'm going through some of the harder stuff, whether it's in my marriage or with my kids or with myself, just sort of figuring out who I am and in my business, I do have an inclination to go inward, you know, to kind of power through externally, but kind of keep some of the harder points to myself internally. And I think some of that has to do with the fear that if I were to let those emotions out, that they would take over and I wouldn't be able to show up. And I'm hoping I'm doing a great job explaining this because I feel like some of you may understand what I'm talking about, where, you know, the phrasing is often used, is called compartmentalizing, where you basically take your different feelings and you put them into different boxes and you label them and you put them on the shelf and you say, hey, I've got things to do today and I will pick up that feeling when that time comes. But the truth is we don't actually end up picking up that feeling at all. We just leave them on the shelf. And if we're lucky enough, they have labels. For some of us, if we've grown up in certain environments or certain traumas or had certain parents, they don't even have labels. And for some of us who are have dealt with a lot of trauma, difficult toxic relationships or um, unsupported parents or challenging childhoods, not only are there no labels, sometimes there are no boxes and those feelings are just spilled everywhere. So I just want to let you know that, you know, I do that too, you know, and I do that too, not intentionally, but it is one of my um, protective mechanisms. You know, it's a lot easier for me not to spill everything out on social media and, you know, risk one, it's my means of income for my family, you know, and two, it's embarrassing. That's the truth of it. Honestly, it's embarrassing. It doesn't feel good to have your weakest moments become public conversation. And it doesn't feel good when you're already feeling like you're not doing a good job as a mom or you're not doing a good job as a spouse, you're not doing a good job as a boss or whatever else, to have other people say or affirm or repeat that. It just doesn't feel good. And a lot of people believe that just because you have a social media presence or any type of increased visibility that 
well, you shared it, so I have a right to comment on it. And I think that a little bit of that is, to some extent, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not minimizing, like, the understanding of that. But it also is, um, I think we forget that, like, commenting on it doesn't necessarily mean negatively, (laughs) you know, or harshly. Like, you can comment on it and you can choose to be helpful or compassionate or grace-filled or kind or understanding. Or even if you're going to have criticism, doing it with grace. Or, you know, there's a way that you can help support people. And so, I say this to say that you've heard me talk about how I go to therapy before and I support it and I'm learning about boundaries and all that. But I want to let you know that as I've been going through the past couple seasons of transitions in my life, you know, challenges in my marriage, challenges with raising three kids that I adopted, challenges with my health, therapy has been my biggest support. So for those of you guys who don't engage in therapy, I want to let you know this. I grew up in a background where that was not a thing. So in my household, my parents are from Ghana, West Africa, um, and, you know, they're immigrants as well as we're Black and in the Black community for a variety of reasons, you know, both society-based, you know, systemically-based, racially-based, in addition to, in some cases, financially, in some cases, culturally. Therapy is not something that has been heavily advocated or available um, as a resource, you know, so that's just a challenge in and of itself. Now, obviously, each of those challenges can replicate themselves across any race, right? But within the Black community, it's just sort of one thing on top of the other. And, um, Within my parents, you know, feelings were just not something that were discussed. Like, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about, you know, challenges because there was almost an understanding that life is difficult and you're lucky to be here. Do your best with what you got. Even though it's hard, toughen up. We all have problems. And if any of this sounds familiar to any of you, I'm just hoping that you're hearing that, one, that mindset, while you've managed to grow and thrive despite it and you're still here, is not healthy and it doesn't serve you. And two, I want you to know that someone like me is just like you, and we're both dealing with those same sort of thought processes around how we should manage how we feel. And I want to let you know that I've learned, you know, through therapy that that just isn't true, that your feelings are valid, even if they're not correct or applicable or they aren't showing up in the right place, but they're valid. They're real feelings. What you feel is a real feeling and you're allowed to feel it. And then two, If we don't work on our trauma, and some of us say, oh, but I don't have trauma. Like, I had great parents, whatever else. If you grew up poor, you have the trauma of poverty. If you grew up with excess responsibility as a child, that is a form of trauma. If you grew up with a household where a parent was absent often, that is a form of trauma. If you grew up and you had to be an adult sooner than you should have been, that's a format of trauma. You know, trauma isn't just physical abuse or emotional abuse or angry words or fighting or divorce or whatever else. All of that is trauma. So I say this to let you know that the biggest part of therapy is identifying and learning how things that have happened to you inform your present. It's not about trying to figure out what's wrong with me because I'm broken or I don't think anything's wrong with me. It's not about trying to go in and unpack some unearthed pain and just crying and feeling it. It's not just a vent session if you're having a bad day. If you have anything in your childhood that may have been imperfect, even if the trauma wasn't from your family, if you were just bullied or you didn't like your body or you felt like you didn't have enough of a support system, whatever— Anything that has ever happened to you in your life, in your past, if you don't unpack and you don't have awareness of that thing, it can show up in your present. It can show up in your present. So some of you I know right now aren't going for that new job. You aren't saying 
you know, yes to that marriage that you know is a good one that you should be in and be more committed to. Or you're not saying yes to that divorce because you know this marriage has expired and it is time for you to move on. You aren't saying um, no to that friend that is overreaching and just won't respect your boundaries. You are working for free when you know you should be paid in your freelance job. I mean, there are so many things that you do that you may not even realize could be fixed or at least improved if you engaged in therapy because you don't realize why you're doing them. You're thinking, oh, this is just something I need to work on. And unfortunately, because of social media and because of what I was talking about earlier, these influencers who are giving you quote cards or you know motivation, things that you can just kind of tap on, what's happening is you're thinking to yourself, oh, I just need to motivate myself enough to be better. I just need to you know, continue to drive myself until I've, the, the issue is me and I'm supposed to figure this out. And I got to tell you, the Bible says don't lean on your own understanding, you know, and it's because your understanding, sis, is limited, okay? It is limited. And that is the point of therapy is that you go in and you get an objective external view on, hey, if you're telling me these things happened to you when you were younger, is it possible that this thing is connected to this thing? And when those light bulbs start going off, you start realizing, okay, look, I can't change what happened to me when I was younger. But what I can do is if I feel this feeling, I can then say, is this feeling appropriate here today? Or is this feeling possibly not appropriate because I'm not a kid anymore? I'm not in the same situation. So for me, just using myself as an example, because you guys know I like to just, just, I'll keep it real. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Make no mistake, my belly's doing flips because I'm recording this into a void. That's the scariest thing about for, you know, just keeping it real as friends. Whenever you're recording podcasts, whenever you're talking, you know, you guys aren't in front of me. So I'm basically putting this out here and hoping that it's helpful and hoping that it's well-received. So it's a little scary. (laughs) But all that being said, you know, in my personal example, I get so scared about new opportunities. So scared. I will literally pray for something, a certain opportunity to hit my inbox. And then when I get that email saying like, hey, yeah, we'd like to proceed. Can you just send us this, this, and this? Y'all, I will let that thing sit in my inbox. I am so scared to say yes to the very thing that I prayed for. Some of you who don't share my trauma, who don't have my background, you're like, that's crazy. It's already there. Just say yes. But that's my trauma. My trauma manifests anxiety. That comes from the fact that when I was younger, I was always scared that a full fridge was just going to end up empty or that if I had an opportunity that it was going to get yanked out from under me. I just grew up in a background where as much as I had a prayerful mother and as much as God showed up time and time again to keep me safe and covered and fed and, you know, well-rounded— I just consistently always worried about allowing myself to believe and have hope because hope didn't always pay out when you're poor. Sometimes you hope for a Christmas and there is nothing under that tree. And that fear of that disappointment allowed me to constantly question the goodness that would show up to this day, to this day. And if it wasn't for therapy, I can't tell you how many opportunities I wouldn't have said yes to or I would have let expire in my inbox or text messages I wouldn't have answered. And if any of this is resonating with you, I just want you to use this as an example. 
There are things in your present because I'm not in the same situation. Listen, I am so grateful and abundantly blessed that every Christmas, I know there's going to be gifts. Thank you, God. You know, and I'm abundantly blessed in knowing that if I work hard and the opportunity shows up in my inbox, it's as good as one. I just need to slam dunk that bad boy, right? But you better believe it doesn't change the fact that it sits there for a couple hours and I start writing an email back like, hey, sorry, I didn't get back to this sooner, you know, with a little bit of anxiety just because I'm I'm scared, you know? And I'm working constantly in therapy to understand that, look, you've made it past those points. You are not living in that same world and you don't need to inform your present-day behaviors with your past pain. And I just want to let all of you know that If therapy is something that you've been on the fence about and you're not sure about or you've crossed off because you're like, well, I can't afford it or I don't have the time, here's where I answer those questions. Because I know some of you are like, all right, Nicole, I'm sold, but it's expensive. Or, all right, Nicole, you know, everyone says therapy is such a good idea, but what about this? Well, first and foremost, I want to let you know that there are a ton of resources out there. One of them is openpathcollective.org openpathcollective.org. We'll have it in the show notes. They're an organization that can partner you with a therapist on a sliding scale. Sliding scale means that you actually will pay according to what you can afford. So that means you can get one-hour sessions for as little as $30. You know, and I know $30, listen, when I say as little as, I grew up with nothing. I slept on a couch until I was 12. I know $30 can be grocery, lunch, and gas. So it's not lost on me. But I also want to let you know that you're not going to make it to work. You're not going to get that marriage. And you're not going to be able to pay for those groceries if your mental health is not well. So therapy is also an investment in your future. So if you're considering if it's something you can afford, I want you to keep that in mind as well. There's also talking to your local therapist, you know, going through, I'm going to show my age right now, the phone book. Well, the internet phone book, okay? (laughs) Finding a therapist locally, picking up the phone and calling them and saying, are you accepting new patients? You know, uh, possibly on a pro bono status, I've got some things I'd like to work through and this is a big moment for me and I'd, I'd really like some help if you'd be able to help me. Therapists are some of the most compassionate, giving, and generous people in this world. They're really doing God's work. And there's a huge opportunity for you there to be able to get help because they want to help. And uh, one thing I've also learned is even if that therapist isn't able to take you on, sometimes they can point you in the right direction of someone who can. So uh, I definitely 100% would love for you to just start the work before you say no. And there's a little lesson in that too. So many of us say no to something before we even have given it a shot at getting a yes. So if you find your mind already saying, no, 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 I won't even look into this for this million reasons, that's called being defensive. And it usually means that there may be something to it. And one of the greatest things you can do would be just to find out if your no is justified by reaching out and seeing if you can get some help. So I want to let you know that not only am I a big advocate for therapy, not only am I um, hugely in support for therapy, but I've just been so blown away by what therapy has done, not just for me, but for my family, for my kids, for my business. You can ask any of my friends around me. I'm different than I was five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago. I have more peace. I have more patience. I have less anxiety. And all of that is from therapy. All of that is from, you know, learning to not answer from a place of my trauma, from a place of my hurt in the way that I show up in the world. And 
it's really, really transformed me as a mother, as a friend, as a business owner, and as a woman in general. So I really, really, really just wanted to share that with all of you, you know, because I get so many questions in the DMs and things sort of where you guys are like, oh, like, you know, I've got this problem, or I've got this problem, or I'm confused about this, or I'm not sure about this. And while therapy isn't the end-all be-all and all the answers, life is difficult. Life is the meeting and solving of problems. You will continuously have to face things. But if you have therapy, you can just get to your answer a little bit quicker with a little less pain and a little less confusion. And I got to tell you, in this crazy world, couldn't we all use a little more breathing room? You deserve it, friend. I say it all the time. You are deserving. You are. You deserve ease. You deserve peace. You deserve joy. You deserve a life that is satisfying and fulfilling. You deserve to do meaningful work. But you've got to start that process. And you don't have to do it alone. So if you're looking into therapy, if you're thinking about therapy, this is your sign. (sighs) I love chatting with you guys week after week with stuff like this. So the one thing I want to leave you off on, our one final note, you know, because we're all a hot mess express, so I want to close out with this. If there's nothing else you take from me for this entire chat, your pastor is not your therapist. Your spouse is not your therapist. Your friend is not your therapist. Your Instagram feed is not your therapist. Your business coach, your spiritual guide, your motivational expert, these people are not a replacement for a proper clinician who is trained to identify if the issue that you're dealing with is something ongoing, if it's something medical, or if it's something that has bigger impact beyond the moment that you're in. You deserve to spoil yourself with great therapy. So friend, go get you some. Another great chat. I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend.